to read Back to Reality, the best-selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash back to reality. And subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start finish and publish your book i'm mark stay and i'm mark devoe and welcome to the live episode in december and before we dive in with our live audience we would like to thank our sponsor pro writing aid the official <laughs> editing software of our podcast and pro writing aid is is something i discovered a long long time ago and i'm so glad that they've joined forces with us because it's the most amazing piece of software. And I know loads of people piled in with their Black Friday offer, but there's still an incredible offer. If you want to try out this uh, style editor, writing mentor, all in one package, you just simply have to go along to prowritingaids.com forward slash bestseller to get your 20% off. And if you haven't tried it, just to let you know, this doesn't just help you with your writing you know your fiction and non-fiction it also integrates with email integrates with word and google docs so whatever you write during the day it's helping to train you and it's definitely working for me so do check it out prowritingaid.com forward slash bestseller so mr stay it's coming to the end of another year 2020 is upon us and this is our last live broadcast of 2019 isn't it yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm knackered, absolutely cream crackered. There's something about this time of year that you just feel the you feel you need a break, don't you? I mean, it's clearly absolutely. hardwired, you know, the winter solstice or summer solstice if you're down under, but certainly the winter solstice, you know, you you this it's dark, you wake up it's dark, you 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 look down at your desk, you look up and it's dark. You know, there's darkness everywhere. Darkness. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're absolutely right you know in, in i saw a bear i saw a bear pass at the bottom of my garden this is what happens no when you're way. absolutely and i looked at it and i thought lucky bugger well he's off to hibernate <laughs> he's off to hibernate for like a few months and so that's what nature does nature hibernates we have chickens as well the chickens you know they'll they'll get up when it's light in the morning and they're up for a very short period of time you have chickens as well don't you mark yeah 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 right yeah, chickens they, they know where like- it's at yeah, they don't lay as many eggs either this time of year. They don't lay any eggs this time of year for us, but they, they're only up for about six hours this time of year, and then they're sleeping the rest of the time. What do we do? We invent something called Christmas. Well, invent, <laughs> commercialize this thing called Christmas, and we have this mad rush at the time of year when we should all be snuggled under duvets with hot water bottles and, a, and a, an oval teen, and yet we're yeah. on Amazon going, oh, I've got to order something for Grandma. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> And on top of that, we show up saying to everyone, come on, everyone, write every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're your friends. We are you friends. know what? Well, look, they only, you know, they, they, yeah. January, they can, they can start in January. Okay, you that's, sign up now. Right. You sign up so, now. And, and listen, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the BXP 2020 Challenge, which is the most exciting writing challenge we've ever we've ever launched so if you want 2020 to be your best writing year ever if you want to write and finish your book you want to create a lifetime writing habit it all starts with you writing 200 words a day so get your butts over to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash bxp 2020 now and we're going to be talking about this today we're going to be talking about all sorts of fun stuff aren't we and our wonderful live audience is here as well we've got all our wonderful chart topper patrons they're here with us too uh neil says uh, sage has been writing every day 200 words minimum uh you know, so it's it's fantastic. It's already starting. It's already happening. It is. And we're just going to shout out to some of the audience we've got in with us today. We've got Bob, Darius, Jan. We've got uh, we've got Australia representing Australia, Julian, J.W. Atkinson. We've got Sage, Stephen, Robin, Neil, Andy, and Rachel, and more coming as we speak. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be asking you about your writing habits this episode because we're like a little stretch and a warm-up before we get flying on January the 1st for the BXP 2020 challenge. Mm. One of the things that's really interesting is we've come out the back of NaNoWriMo. November is that time of month where some people, a lot of people actually, over half a million people dive in and try to write 50,000 words. Um, I'm kind of curious to ask our studio audience who took part, if people decided to do it, did they succeed? 
what were their challenges if they if they kind of didn't succeed because part of our challenge is to try to make writing as as accessible as possible as easy as possible um to build the habit because i've done i'll put my hand up i've done nanorimo and failed not this year i didn't even do it this year but i i did nanorimo and i failed and i found out that i'm one of about 91 percent of people that try it it's actually really hard and it's great i think it's great to have a kind of olympic level challenge to learn how to, to really push the word count but we start at the other end we're trying to work on the basis of what i've researched in terms of building habit which is just you have to start small and build from that so um from people that have actually tried that we did an experiment i know some of our experiments experiments are with us today that tried the 200 word challenge a couple of months ago when we did we did a kind of a dry run of this and it was incredibly successful so tell us about what worked differently for you if you did NaNoWriMo as well. I'm interested to see about the differences between the two because it's all part of the experiment of learning how we create the writing habit, which I think is the number one challenge for every single one of us. You know, forget plot, forget characterization, forget Amazon ads, Facebook ads, writing. <laughs> so you don't get more basic than that. And we're all struggling with it. And we're all going to put our hands up in the air and say, it's hard. It's really hard to get that challenge, to get that writing um, and so that's why we're challenging everyone to attempt to write 200 words a day each day in 2020, which results in a book by the end of the year, at least, at least a book. Well, especially at this time of year as well, because if you are getting up early, it is, it's a miserable time of year. It's kind of, you know, yeah. it's, it's dark and it's, it's kind of gloomy. But we've got people doing it. Look, Sage is writing 200 words every day. J.W. Atkinson says he's been doing great, but his wife has been killing him. She, he's doing at least 200. But Shai, who is his uh, uh, wife there, it averages 4K plus. Is that a day? Is that a day? That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Jan said, I did. Fantastic. Robin, uh, nano and one, but did not write every day. Interesting. Tell us more about that robin because uh, that's quite an achievement uh jw says i didn't do it this year i've been trying to relieve pressure from my writing uh sage started nana but bailed 13k in to work on a different project because of a publishing deal well as excuses go sage that's pretty darn good uh hopefully we'll hear more about that later as well we uh, we did it's been mentioned on the bxp group uh this thing and this is really exciting uh neil says didn't do it this year done it one out of three attempts previously uh, Julian says, I've only done Camp Nano early in the year, but there's a major difference. He was still sane at the end of it. That's quite an achievement. Um, so, yeah, yeah, JW confirms that's 4K a day. At one week, it was 6K a day. Holy cow. So, yeah, Robin says, yeah, clarifies she too, this publishing deal. So this is this is uh, all good stuff. Yeah, now one of the things that, that's interesting about NaNoWriMo is it's such a massive undertaking for somebody that doesn't naturally knock out 1,666 words a day, which is your average amount to get to your 50,000 by the end of the month. I've looked into a lot of how we live. You know, one of the classic things, one of the classic things we see is this idea of crash dieting. Everyone's been there. Oh, you know, especially after Christmas, it'll be like Quality Street and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the, uh, the Jane Fonda workout video out. Um, but crash dieting, we all know, doesn't work. And I sometimes feel that if we try and cram all our workout into one month or a really exceptional quantity, a high percentage of what we write in a year into one month, it's a bit like crash dieting. And um, I think one of the most crucial things that has to happen is that writing just has to become part of our the fabric of what we do each day, eating, drinking, sleeping, writing. And I think a lot of people... When we actually look at what we do today um, with, with this advent of the internet, I know it's still kind of fairly in its early stages, but you think about how much we actually write. We write lots of emails. We write lots of text messages, typically. We write a lot on social media. If you add up all that word count over a day market, it's typically thousands of words. And yet, do we pay ourselves first? This is classic kind of personal development thing you always hear in all the financial books. Pay yourself first. So are we paying ourselves first? Are we writing a little bit more towards the story that we're working on or the nonfiction book we're working on? And I think what happens is we often pay ourselves last um, and we often don't write during, during, during an average day. And as a result, by the time we get to the end of the year, we've lost all of those opportunities to put together that collection, that body of work, which is really the legacy of what we're doing here, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So this idea of paying ourselves first is 
often about getting up early and writing early. And I want to ask the studio audience, I know that there's, this is a really contentious subject to really kick off with, but when do you write? There's a lot of people that say, I'm a night owl, I only write at night time. In fact, there was a video you put up, Mark, the other day on the BXP um, team, where it was a, that lady who writes, she writes till like 5 a.m. in the morning and then just mm. sleeps until, and some people that, that have defined themselves as night owls. Um, I want to challenge that conception because I think if we if we if we put ourselves as night owls, a lot of people are at a disadvantage because their their day can go pear shaped, and the more pear shaped our days go, and our days always go pear shaped. Stuff happens. The less chance there is that we're going to actually be able to write because we're tired, or um, we get pulled away because of something else, or we just don't feel up to it because we've lost all of our enthusiasm and passion because we're knackered. We, we, we've had a long day. So how many people actually write in the morning? Neil says he gets up at 5.30 in the morning. Neil, was that something you chose to do in order to get your writing in? Or is that just something that you've done anyway? I'm curious as well to find out if people actually managed to change their habits to get their writing in. I know John Grisham did this. Neil says it's a choice. So he's actually getting up at 5.30 in the morning and writing, which is absolutely awesome. And I think, honestly, that's where we have to go. Sage says, I write first thing in the morning as well, um, between 5 and 6 a.m. I have more time and energy later in the day. I tend to work on other productivity stuff rather than writing. Interesting. And Robin says, I, I do office hours with another writer from 10 to 12 a.m. Uh, three days a week and try and keep it up the other days. So again, it's that idea of having a writing partner, someone you're accountable to as well, which is great. Um, and also just to go back, Barb made an interesting comment up here. It says, didn't do it this year, NaNoWriMo, but a couple of years ago, I got the 50,000 written. Got so behind one day in order to catch up, I typed and typed and did 10,000 words in one day. Not sure what that means. It can be done, but not sure it's sustainable. And I think you're right. That is extraordinary. And it goes back to what you're saying about the crash. That's, that's the crash diet thing, isn't it? And it's it not... I don't think it is. And I, I know no. we've, you know, we've spoken to authors who have done that, you know, uh, but it's, um, you couldn't do that every day. You go, you go gaga, wouldn't you? You go bonkers. In fact, there was one really telling thing that I, that I heard, uh, which actually kind of, you know, from a, from a life perspective made me go, wow, actually that's serious. I, I said to someone this year, I said, are you doing nano this year? And she's done nano every year. And she said to me, no, because I value my marriage more. but it's she said it in seriousness mark so it's actually you know when you when you commit to writing fifty thousand words a month you literally put everything on hold including relationships Mm -hmm. evenings that you might otherwise spend culled up with your loved one um you know you might be going to bed at the same time anymore i mean it does have knock-on effects and I think if people can write four thousand or ten thousand a day that's amazing if they've built up to that and that is their natural output but trying to do it to catch up it actually for me takes some of the fun out of writing because it becomes more about um pushing yourself so hard what i think is amazing about it though is it proves to you what you're capable of potentially doing like if you can write fifty thousand a month right if you you can do that or even ten thousand a month it shows you what you're capable of doing but as a sustainable way of writing every day i think it can burn more people out potentially then help us in terms of getting, which is why the BXP 2020 is about getting that habit in place. That's you don't want to be Jack Torrance in the shining. Okay. You know, because if you watch the shining, he's, he's deliberately gotten there for the winter to write his novel and he's just focused and it turns to the point where, you know, the shining isn't a horror movie or a horror novel. It's about a man just trying to reach his daily word count. That's what that film is about. Uh, It's, uh, it's, you know, you don't want to, that's, this is why you need to make it part of your daily routine, make it part, because if it becomes extraordinary, then it impinges on that. And then, as you say, it starts to create problems. It can, you know, it starts creating divides. So I was lucky because I had a commute. So I, I could commute, lunch break, commute. So I was at the very most doing two hours a day if I was lucky. But doing that every single day, you know, I'm writing novels, I'm writing screenplays, I'm, I'm you know, it was very, very productive for me. So I, I've never been one of these people, I don't think I've ever done more than 5,000 words in a day, to be honest. Uh, and I've been up against deadlines and all kinds of stuff because it's just, you know, I am the tortoise, not the hare. You know, it's, it's, it's little and often with me. It is. Little and often is, is the mantra for next year. Um, 
Andy said that himself and his partner Rachel write in the evenings. They sit opposite each other with music on. We sometimes write until midnight, but we only write a few nights a week um, with a weekly word count of three and a half thousand. You see, what's happening there is absolutely beautiful. That's a couple writing together. That's absolutely fine. I was doing a puzzle yesterday with someone and I was like, this is great. We weren't talking much, but we were enjoying each other's company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's really, you're really blessed, Andy and Rachel, that you've got each other and you both enjoy writing. I think the norm is that one person in a relationship writes and the other kind of tries to work out what on Tolerates earth. them. He's seeing it. Right? <laughs> 99% of people. So I think that's amazing. And, and actually part part of the experiment that we did, we, we actually had about 30 people try this 20 uh, sorry, 200 words a day challenge, the BXP 2020 challenge. And we had an incredible success rate. We had nearly 95% of people complete the challenge. Now, one of the things we did do is we had different groups. We had the group who were just writing on their own and reporting to us their word count. We had another group that were writing with a buddy, a BXP buddy, as we called it, an accountability partner. And one of the things that's come up in one of the questions actually that we should answer is, can I have a buddy when I do this? And the answer is absolutely. If you, if you want to get 10 people, but it's best to have one, you want a buddy with one person. Now, what we're going to be doing, we're starting off slowly on this challenge. We're going to, we're going to go out there at the beginning of January. Um, we have already had 11 million pledged words. So we're off to an amazing start. We're not even at the beginning of January. Yet. It's incredible. So thank you for everyone who's already signed up. If you want to sign up, actually, Go to bxp2020.com. We should mention that because that's obviously fairly important. But the idea is if you, if you have somebody that you know also wants to do this, buddy up with them. Uh, we're going to be introducing that later on once, once we've kind of run this for a little bit. It's quite a big thing for us to kind of implement, so we want to do it right. So do find a buddy. Do ask a partner. We've had quite a few partners in the case of um, Rachel and Andy saying that they, they write together. We've actually had some people in a partnership, you know, that person that doesn't write actually think, you know, I could probably do that 200 words a day. So we could be saving marriages here, Mark. Can you imagine getting people together? It's like, ask, ask your spouse, ask your partner, ask a family member, ask a friend. I asked a friend, my best friend, I never in a million years thought they ever had any interest in writing. And I mentioned the BXP 2020 challenge to them and they said, oh, I've been thinking about writing a book for years. And I brought them into the experiment just going to big up my mate Kev. Kev, he polished off one and a half thousand words a day, mm. right? And I, I was like, "But you've never written before." He said, "No, but I've had I've been mulling over this idea, and what all he needed was that that challenge, that that opportunity to do it, and and now he's flying." So think of someone that you might. Do you know a really good experiment? Put a post on your Facebook. If you're on Facebook, put a post and just say, is anyone who here is interested in writing book or is writing book? I did that once. I could not believe it. About 40% of my, my friends um, said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to write a book or I'm thinking of writing a book or I started a book a few years ago and never finished it. So many people that you don't know will want to do this. So even look for a buddy. And if, you, if, you, if you've got a buddy already, tell them about the, the challenge and get them to sign up. Because the more people in your social circle that are doing this, the more support and encouragement you'll have. It's a bit like the equivalent of a reading group. Um, and it's like, it's like a writing group, but obviously it's not just about talking about writing. It's actually about doing writing. And that's really what we want to accomplish. Neil says, them, I think the most I've done in a day is 8,000, but I wasn't safe to operate anything that evening. Proper setting the microwave on fire territory. Sage <laughs> 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 says, I've done a couple of nine to 10,000 days, but every time I come back to that work, I end up chucking about 80% of it. So I'd rather go quality over quantity. That's a very, very good point. Good JW talking about working with his uh, wife. He says, one thing I found with shy writing 4K a day, I top out at 1.5K. I can only manage so much per day. I don't think it'll ever be prolific like that, but just need to keep writing. Now, here's the thing. If you are partnering up, you know, one of you will be faster than the other, but you don't need to get a hang-up about that, do you? You, the, you just need to hit that minimum of 200. That's, that's your finish line, really, isn't it, per day? Well, it's, 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 I'd say it's the starting line, Mark. If you, if you get past the 200, don't stop if you want to keep writing because we all know. Yeah, but that's the point. That, that's the point where you can say, I can stop feeling guilty. I've done, I've done my yeah. Anything else is, is ice cream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Win. It's easy wins. You're going to feel good about yourself for doing it. No matter what else happens in your day, if you've written those 200, you can go to bed that night and say, you know what? I had a crap day, but I did write 200 words. 
you know, mm. and, and, and you always have a sense. There's actually a really interesting thing around habit. There's a book that was very successful. I can't remember what it's called, but the big, the big thing about it's a big Ted talk on it somewhere, I think. And the big thing was make your bed. When you get up in the morning, just make your bed because, and the science behind it is that if you make your bed in the morning, you've accomplished something, you've done something. <laughs> and, and it says, ridiculous as it sounds, I've always wondered why I get such a satisfaction out of making my bed because I do it every morning. I don't have to. I mean, there's no one going to be there saying, oh, bloody hell, your room's a state. Yeah. So I, those days are long gone with living with parents stuff, but making your bed, little win. And so the 200 words, little win, it's the same thing, but it's adding towards you. See, I want to just go back to something that, that um, uh, J.W. Atkinson said. He said that since his partner signed up for the challenge, she has written 70,000 words. No. So this is another end of the spectrum. This is the little secret I, I keep on I keep on publicly announcing, so it's not really a secret. The beauty of this challenge is yes, all you have to do is write two hundred words, but we've all know from the experiments we've done already, once you start writing, if you get in the flow, if you get on an idea and and you and something happens and you weren't expecting it to happen, you may write way more. In fact, on average, statistically across all the people that did this the word count that people actually hit daily was 400 on average mark, 400 mm. words a day. Now we're keeping it at 200, but just know that you're, you're going to guarantee yourself more, more words than you expect doing this challenge, which is what it's yeah, all we're about. Seeing, we're seeing a sage here. She says in the last two weeks, I've only stopped at 200 twice. More often than not, I'm in 350, 400 plus territory. And generally I only have to stop because I have to go to work or get in with other things. And that's a, great feeling you know that for me that was always the train coming into the station okay i'll finish mid-sentence i'll pick it up as i'm going and it's uh yeah that's 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 the habit that's the habit you want to form isn't it it's amazing i want everyone to visualize something for me as you type as you write however you however you get your words down if you do 200 words a day think of that train analogy that mark talks about your train is going to be going on the track every day and it's going to be reaching the end destination which is the book but when you write more than 200 words a day, your book starts rushing towards you. So I love this idea of, of, of feeling that, the, you know, it's very achievable to, to do a book in a year. Um, and then what I like to think about is add up how many more years you think you might have in life. How many books is that? You could have 20, 30, some people 50 or 60 books you could write in a lifetime if you get this habit down. That's what we're talking about. We're talking Barbara Cartland territory, which you think about how did she write and Agatha Christie, how do they write so many books? Um, guaranteed, they probably just churned out a bit of a word count every single day. And mm. so I want to hold that visual in your mind of your book rushing closer towards you. And, um, and I just think it's a very, very powerful thing. So we have lots of questions that people have asked us prior to going into this, Mark. So let's dive into those. This is um, these these have come on the Facebook group. So uh, and these are people who've started it. So uh, just just you know these all make sense to me. I think so. Penny Johnson says uh, two hundred words a day. But what if I'm in the editing stage of a project? Does that mean I have to have the next book already on the go? Hit my two hundred words. Not impossible. Just wondering what the rules are. And I think it's a very good point. There will be people out there who might be revising, who might be in the middle of something. I mean, they can do this, can't they? It's, it's, uh, there's, no, yeah, there's no strict absolutely. rules on this, There's there? no strict rules. The spirit of what we're trying to uh, uh, create is something which means that we do work every day around something towards our book. There are there have been debates on the BXP team around this idea of editing versus writing. And I totally get it, actually, because when I, when I started the 200 Word Day Challenge, I was out the gate flying. And the minute I actually finished what I believed to be the end of, of what I was writing the editing process and the redrafting and the kind of, it takes a lot of time. And I st I'll, I'll be I'll totally honest, I started to struggle at that point with the 200 words a day because I was thinking, well, what do I do? Do I spend the time proofreading, rearranging, rewriting little bits here and there? And I, I was struggling mm -hmm. to get it. So it's a major question. There are two suggestions that are currently kicking around. One is that you take a, a page count if you're editing and you might be that you, instead of doing 200 words a day, you edit five pages a day. Now, in my book, 
whatever it takes, if that works for you, do it and report 200 words. We'll have a currency exchange. Um, I would say 20 minutes actually is the currency exchange. 20 minutes, most people can write 200 words in 20 minutes. That was the average that people, it took people to write. So we'll go around 20 minutes. So do 20 minutes of editing and then report your 200 words. I think that's completely fair to do because for some people, 20 minutes might be all they can do in the day. And I would rather people make progress on something rather than not do it because they think, well, I I can't, I can't do that. So I think we're going to just leave it for people to make their own decision for themselves and report the word count as 200 words. If you do 20 minutes, as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jackie is aiming for 1400 words per week rather than 200 words per day. So not necessarily every single day because of life circumstances. So there's a flexibility there, isn't there? There absolutely is. Just know that if you go for a weekly total, there's a less percentage chance you will hit it. That's just, again, the, the, the science behind what we've done here. We've noticed that people who've tried to try to weekly, it's the same. It's moving more towards the nano kind of philosophy of let's cram words in in a short period of time. Because the problem is, if you know that you've got, and this is the psychology bit, if you know that you've got a week to write, your deadline becomes the end of the week, not the end yeah. of the day. And if anyone's ever been, I remember we we got given, I went to university and we had a, uh, we had one teacher that gave us a, a year project, a year project, a huge project, massive project. How many people started that project in the last week? Like like 90% of people. And it's just, we are hardwired human beings. Like, I'm going to prove this to everyone because we've just gone through something called Black Friday. Like, what is Black Friday apart from an opportunity to spend a lot of money? But it's a deadline. It forces us to act. And that's what this challenge is. The deadline is midnight every day. Have you got your word count? I found often I've actually written my words at 11.30 at night because I've got to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't done my words. But because I had to get them done. Now, if I hadn't have done that, honestly, I wouldn't have done 1,400 in a week. I wouldn't have got close. So, again, it's a flexible rule, but just know that this is about succeeding. And I will guarantee people that if they do it daily, they will have a higher percentage chance of succeeding. And I'm taking the whole population here. There will be some people out there who say, I can write 1,400 on a Sunday at the end of the week. No problem. Absolutely brilliant. Go for it. But for yeah. everyone else, do it daily. I mean, we're seeing here, JW, who's already on board with this, he says, the 200 has helped me move forward. I've written more, generally, that I do, but I'm moving forward because I can do 200 in 15, 20 minutes. And like you say, it's that matter of carving out 15, 20 minutes a day. And yes, we all have busy lives, but 15, 20 minutes. I mean, I remember it was Liz Fennick, I think one of the early episodes, Liz Fennick used to set an egg timer for, and you know, she had a family job, every kind of pressure you could part. And she's now best-selling author. That, that first novel came out of her carving out that 15, 20 minutes. So we do know that works. We know that's a, a proven way of, of getting stuff done. And, and I'll be totally honest here. I'm going to throw this out as a coach. Now I'm coach, coach mode. If you're serious about writing a book and you can't find 15 to 20 minutes in your day to write it, I'm just saying, right, it, it, you've got to make it a priority. And honestly, I, I say this jokingly, I do say this, put a pad of paper by the toilet. Like it, <laughs> you can probably find a bit of time there. What's happened with me is I'm carrying writing implements wherever I go. I have, a, you know, I, I, I'm a single dad with three, three young kids running a house sale, doing a podcast and, and holding down a full-time job. And I'm managing to write 200 words a day. But the only way I could do that was by adapting how I live. And I have a writing pad in my car in the side pocket. If everyone who has a car, if they don't have a notepad in the side of side pocket of their car door, because the amount of times I maybe go to pick one of the kids up and soccer or football overruns by five minutes, I whip the pad yeah. out. I drop my daughter off to soccer each Saturday, but they have a half hour warm up. That's my, mm. that's my half hour of writing that day. I'm sitting in the car writing yeah. and, 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 and I would never do that before. I would just go online and, and look at stuff. So it's about making it a priority and y- you could do this as an exercise. Actually, everyone could do this right now. List what your priorities are in your life and probably family should hopefully be up there. Earning an income likely to be high writing, needs to really be in that 
top three to five. And then you have to look at how much of the time does everything else take up and how much it'll t- how long it'll take you to write 200 words a day. And then you start to look at the balance. Like most of us sleep around eight hours, so we're up 16 hours a day. Um, 16 hours is like, are we talking um, 148th? Is that right? 148th of your day writing. Don't which is a to do sounds on yeah. a live show. Right. Um, <laughs> As I said, as I said in the in if you go to BXP twenty twenty, we've given some examples of what twenty minutes a day is actually like, and that's the equivalent of writing about three emails a day or sending about six texts on average, based on the average size of a text and an email. So, I wonder. I make a lot of excuses in my life, and I sometimes wonder. And I hear a lot of excuses as a coach, and I have to call people on it. So when people say they don't have time to write every day for twenty minutes. Absolutely. Every now and again, we're all going to fall off the wagon. But I would say on average, even if it's maybe five, you should be winning. You should be doing more than half the week, five, six days, maybe allow yourself that one day. If you allow yourself the one day to fall off the wagon, it's easy to catch up the next day with maybe a 400. In fact, what you'll find is you'll have already probably beaten your total for the week by day three or four, right? Hence the idea of doing it daily. So it's for everyone to kind of become inwardly insightful around it and ask the question, where could I carve those 20 minutes out? That's really where it comes. It's not, I don't have time to, it's like based on where my life is currently at, how can I carve out 20 minutes a day? What could I drop? Maybe that's taking up some extra time. Toxic people, get rid of them, you know? Um, Well, I mean, social media is the killer for me Uh, because I get a report on my phone that tells me how many hours, not minutes, hours i've spent on social media each week now obviously a lot of that is is the podcast and yada yada but to be honest half of it especially with an election coming is me bitching and moaning about the government but (laughs) you know that that time and energy might be better spent elsewhere i'm just saying jw says uh, who was it said you eat the elephant one bite at a time and sage says josh that was dion mayer who said it on the podcast if you remember south african author he said it's a very south african uh, saying and it's a great saying eat the elephant one bite at a time julian bar says something else to consider there's a lot more to writing than just writing if that makes sense i'm going to be proofing two audiobooks in the new future going to meetings about stuff oh geez and creating new product is is a core business but he adds 200 words a day is a fantastic way to fit it around everything else so yeah it is is little and often you know i mean jw said before i I would look for hour blocks of time to write and now he can look at 15 minutes and see it as a productive time yeah absolutely andy's brought up a brilliant point here and i want to i want to raise this because this is important for everyone to know andy said yesterday i i spent time writing character profiles and rough notes for story ideas i'm counting that 700 words in my word count yeah absolutely this is what it's about it doesn't have to be and so this is really important for us to stress Writing 200 words does not have to contribute towards the first draft or the second draft. I've done exactly the same thing. I've, I've written character profiles. In fact, when I didn't know what to write, this is quite funny. I think a lot of people realize this when they start doing this. When you get stuck on your story, you're forced to write 200 words. And you, on, I, on there's some days I just could not, I just wasn't feeling it. I just didn't know what to write. I was stuck with the story. I couldn't get forward. So I thought, you know what? There's this one character that I really don't know much about. I'm going to write their character profile. I'm going to dig deep and work out their backstory. And weirdly enough, what happened was I would then get out of the main manuscripts and go and write character profiles. And I did that for a week. But when I came back to my story, my story was so much richer for it because I'd actually, I, I actually understood a bit more about who these characters were and I'd developed them. And then suddenly the story started to flow a lot easier. So Andy, brilliant point. And it, it outlined drafts, bullet points. This is the thing. It doesn't have to be in Scrivener or in Word or wherever, or pages writing in your manuscript. It can be scribbled down on your, it can be put on your notes app on the iphone for example or on a sticky i don't i don't recommend stickies because they always get lost but a place which have places around the house leave a pad in the kitchen and whilst the water's boiling right right for one minute like use that as a timer just scribble something down and those are words it's it's just about writing mm, absolutely i mean weirdly enough today I'm working on a pitch for something, but it's still a creative process. It's me trying to figure out what is exciting and thrilling about this story that I'm working on. 
And in doing that, it's helping me piece together how I will eventually write the thing in the end. You know, we, we talked, you know, Kate Harrison, which one of the first things she does is write the blurb for the book. We had that a couple of episodes ago, which I think yeah. is great advice. So in a way, I was doing that this morning. I started on my notepad and then put it onto the screen. And that was over 900 words in a couple of hours. So, um, you know, and it's all, all good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's all story in the end. It is. Sage has brought up another great point linked to what Andy said earlier. She said during the experiment, because Sage was part of the initial experiment, she said, I was really struggling. So I took one of those slightly weird pseudo-psychological interview question lists and did an interview with my main character. I got my words and learned a lot about that character. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. By the way, these lists are everywhere on the internet. I've, I've done exactly the same thing. It's, it's kind of an... Uh, if you've never interviewed your, any of your characters, it's a brilliant way of bringing out what's really happening in their world. So again, that's it's all word count. It's absolutely perfect. Um, one other thing that's come up, um, Mark, in the, in the discussion was when people sign up to the BXP 2020, there's this thing called the waiting list and people are quite confused or some people are a bit confused around that. Let me just explain what that is. Um, for everyone who signed up, when, when you sign up, you get added to a waiting list. So it shows you your position in the wait list. And that's just the waiting list for the start of the experiment, which is happening on the 1st of January. Now, people can move up and down this waiting list. And the way that works is if you uh, promote and talk about the challenge and invite friends and somebody else signs up from you having said to them, hey, do you want to do this challenge with me? Then you go up the waiting list. So it's just a bit of fun. It's a bit of kind of um, a league table of who's who's going out there and promoting it and, and, and getting bringing as many friends in as possible. And we are going to have a few prizes for people who are up near the top some writing software and books and things that we're going to be giving away in the new year. So I do encourage people to go out. And part of the, the spirit of this is this is about a community project. This isn't just about a few people writing challenge of words today. We want to get the world writing. And we don't say that likely. We're, we're trying to get to a point where we get 15,000 people signed up to this because that will equate to 1 billion words over the year. As I mentioned, we're up to about 11 million already. It's, it's, it's a small number compared to a billion, but it's a huge number already. So we're, we're, we're laughing already. We're loving the fact that people are getting involved. But don't get too concerned about the waiting list. It's just a way of measuring who's helping to bring more people in, who's, who's going out there. And, and really the people that we want people to be kind of committed to this. If you're going to do the 200 words, it's not just about you hitting your target. It's also about having at least one of your friends, for example, starting to write for the first time. And you've been able to say in a year from now, I was partly responsible for that book that they've written. If it wasn't for that email I sent them or that Facebook post I did, they probably would have never have written. And then what would yeah. happen if a book goes on to become something huge and changes their world? That would have been your spark and so that's what we want to see and it's kind of in a way isn't it mark it's kind of um imitating what we've been doing on the podcast we've had a lot of people come to us say yeah. we've listened to your podcast we started writing and it's the most wonderful feeling in the world it's the it's the best feeling isn't it mark really is is amazing jw says oh i want to win and robin says sage was winning for the longest time and sage says yeah i was number one for ages until robin knocked me off so <laughs> robin and sage are clearly the ones to beat so just watch their uh, social media you know it's uh, it's terrific just going back to little things to do if you're stuck julian says one thing i've been contemplating is to create a template for dialogue just putting the back and forth into a table waiting into the flow without worrying too much about punctuation and that's very I, i'm i'm not a big fan of the interview thing because i for me it's not inherently dramatic it works for some people that's great for me if i get stuck i tend to just have a little scene a little argument i did this with the rewrite of the woodville book i was working on recently i just had two characters wittering away at each other about a certain topic and then from that i got a whole new chapter a whole new chapter out of the book so little things like how would your characters react if they miss the bus if the wi-fi goes down if it suddenly starts raining, they don't have an umbrella or they have one umbrella and one doesn't want to share it. Little things like that, put them in tiny, that, that are completely inconsequential. Again, you can do it in 15, 20 minutes, just a little sketch just to see. And you've suddenly, you've got these two characters on their feet, interacting, doing stuff. So Julian, that's, uh, I think that kind of template would work really, really well for that. And actually J.W. Atkinson's just mentioned another great idea, which is, um, he said, I will write a short story about the characters 
something not related to the story, but, but something interesting. So again, short stories, everything counts. Again, it's what works for you. And the thing, the beauty of this, the beauty of this is we all know, we've learned this, Mark. I mean, you've, you've known this for years as, you know, having written for so long, but definitely within, within the journey on this podcast, we've learned that one size does not fit all. Oh, there is yeah, no, yeah. There is no one right way. We're not, we can't show up here each week and tell you what you have to do, what you must do. We're here to inspire and encourage and motivate you. But we're not here to say you have to do it this way because this is the way that we, we, we know is right because that would be really ridiculous of us to say that. But we, we do, like every good coach pushes you. Every good coach, when you go out on the track and you're absolutely knackered and you're done, that coach will say, right, one extra lap and then you're done. And it's, it's that little extra mile that always makes the difference. But, you know, in, in these examples that we've got, you know, you've said, Mark, you, you don't, the interview process doesn't work for you, but it does for other people. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. So you have to, part of the journey actually as a writer is finding out what does work for you. Because for some people, I did the interview thing. I've never done that before, but I really liked it. I thought that's a really yeah. interesting way to do it. But, and that's, and that's, that's just my world. But I, I think that it's, you know, the 200 words, it has to be flexible and you do it for what fits into your world. But when you get stuck, you need to have these other options to try out. So if yeah. today's going to be the day you write 200, then do the interview. Just, do the just little exercises. If, if, as long as you're writing, I mean, like you say, that if, if, if there was one way of doing it, this podcast would have lasted exactly two or three episodes until we stumbled across it. In fact, something's just occurred to me. This live show is episode 250. Wow. Yeah. Bloody hell. Quite a foul. What we're learning is that it just, it never ends in the sense that we, there's always something. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I know, right? But, but writing, the writing process never ends. There's always something new to learn. And so I think unless we're experimenting in the, in the kind of like the, 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 the philosophy of what we're doing on the podcast, unless we're trying something out, we never know for certain unless we try. I keep telling my daughter this, unless you actually eat vegetables, how do you know if you like, don't like them or not? It's like that thing we always get told, right? It's like, so try it once, try, try everything once. Um, so we want people to give us, let, let's, let's go back to the studio audience and ask them, what other writing exercises do you do, either just as your daily kind of warm up, or as when, something you do when, you, when you're stuck, just to keep that writing muscle going. Uh, let's, let's find out a bit more about that, because I think that, that we should really have a list of those for people almost as a, you know, can't write today, try one of these. And... Here's the other thing as well. If you ever, because you said there is, we will never resolve this. You'll never find one way of doing it. And the reason is, and this is why writing is important. Okay. You don't, it's not about being a bestseller. It's not about selling millions of copies, though that would be a nice side product. But, I was, I've been listening to the audio book of Sapiens, uh, which is this incredible book about the human condition, okay, and how we've evolved, how our minds have evolved, how religions and stories in particular, how we have created the world that we live in now. And ultimately, it's quite a bleak book. You know, basically, life is meaningless. We're in a cold, pitiless universe, but enjoy it while you can. But stories are what help us make sense of the world around us. Stories are how I make sense of my world, of the people that I meet, of the things that are happening in the world. So if you are having a, a day where you think, oh, my God, what's the point? If you stop, then you stop trying to solve that puzzle. And if you're like me, you'll be itching to get back into it over just a few days. You know, it's, um, it, is, it will never be solved. And I think as long as you reconcile yourself to that that it is the the endless puzzle of humanity and our place in the universe uh that's what writing stories is and that, that's why it's important that's why what you're doing right now daily 200 words a day or more is so important mm. god that was a bit big, wasn't it eh? no i love it <laughs> you're speaking my language mr stay because we've yeah. talked about this before, but it's worth reiterating that everything we learn, every every piece of knowledge that we acquire over the, I mean, definitely pre-internet, but still, I mean, internet, inter when you look at what the internet is, it's full of stories, uh, whether they're clickbait or, <laughs> or otherwise, right? But the point is, is that through, we look back ancestrally through, through our history as a human race, and everything is passed on through stories everything mm. the, the the natives would you know the elders within the native um 
uh, you know, tribes would, would pass on education through stories, you know, before we had formal schools and the like. And how do, how do, how do we best learn through stories, you know? Um, it's it's so it's so important, and, in, and I'm, I will say this, Mark. I only really started to realize, I only really grasped that in the last couple of years doing this podcast. Mm. I, I I engaged in story all the time. I loved movies, loved reading books, um, loved hearing a great story at a party. That only really clicked with me doing this podcast and going to the that's, depth. That that's gone. because you're writing, and suddenly you're asking those important questions. We're getting loads of little tips coming in. Sage has done one, which is what I do. Actually, I love this. Uh, Sage says, "When I used to take the bus into work through the suburbs, I used to play a game of who lives there or what's behind that wall." I do that, and you see people in the street, and you think, "What's her story? What's his story?" You know, that's right. great. It just get the cogs rolling. It's it's fantastic. Uh, Neil says, "If I'm stuck, I'll switch from typing to longhand. I do that all the time." Barb says, I do stream of consciousness. That's what's going in my head at the moment. It helps clear it out. Very good. Excellent stuff. Um, Rachel's here. Rachel, thank you for your one page and the one page punch-ups. You really are a sick puppy, but thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Rachel says, I find listening to the same music every time I write gets me into the zone. For example, listening to Procol Harum immediately gets me back into that mindset. Nice. Okay. Excellent stuff. That's actually, that's a really cool thing. And what that's called, Rachel, in case you don't know, is it's called anchoring. So a routine that we do, you see it like uh, football players do it, you know, they'll, they'll walk out the tunnel and, and, and they'll do the sign of the cross or they'll, or they'll, they'll put their shirt on as they leave the tunnel. They have all these superstition type things, but there's something about triggering and getting us ready to get into the habit of doing something. And so it's a very important thing. There's a thing called neurolinguistic programming, NLP, it talks all about anchoring. And if you anchor your writing habit with something that precedes it every time, then it, it gets you straight back into the zone without you having to kind of like warm up to do it, if that makes sense. It's how, so it's how, it's how, Der, it's how Darren Brown and people like that hypnotize people using NLP. Little yeah. things will trigger. Little, yeah, it's, um, it's absolutely it's, fascinating. It's fascinating. Stuff. And like if, if this stuff works, then we should be using it. Let me just say very quickly that one of the biggest science on habit, and what we're talking about is habit here, really. We're talking about writing, but we're also talking about the habit of writing. One of the most important things that we can all learn about habit is if we want to create a new habit in our life, we proceed it with something that happens every day. Okay, so here's an example. If you make a cup of coffee in the morning and you do that every single day, then do the writing immediately after you're making the coffee because you know that the, the coffee is going to happen and that acts as the anchor to then write. Okay. Brushing your teeth is another important one. If you brush your teeth every morning, you brush your teeth, then you write. This is not just about finding the time to sit down. If we have to anchor it before, and they've shown to the science of habit that unless you anchor it with something that happens every single day to begin with, it's very, very hard for the habit to start. And don't believe it when people say it takes 21 days to form a habit. It doesn't. That's complete rubbish. It's a, it's a line that's been picked up in the media and everyone, you could search it. Everyone writes about 21 days for habit. It's rubbish because it depends on the person and it depends on what you're trying to make as a habit because there's tiny things and there's big things. Now, here's the important bit. If you get the writing habit and it happens at the same time every day and you do it long enough, eventually the coffee thing can fall away because your habit is so ingrained that the writing habit can then become an anchor to do something after that. But this is human psychology and we've got to play with this because we're all hardwired and we can, we can try and be different, as different as everyone else is, but when you, on the basic fact that 80% of what we do today, we did yesterday. And that, that's the science. 80% of the thoughts we had, we had yesterday. The same loops that we're trapped in, the same stories we tell ourselves. This happens over and over again. So there's a lot of science behind what we're doing here. This is not just us coming up with a daft idea of 200 words a day. This is actually a lot, lot deeper. And we'll know about this six months from now when we start hearing the stories from people, when people start doing this, as we already are. There's a lot more. And we want to learn from this as well. This is us kind of going on a bit of an exploration. Absolutely. Neil says he switches projects if really blocked. And Julian says, I try writing in a different medium. If it's not working as a novel, I sketch it out as a comic or a radio drama, which is all good advice. JW says, can I get the BXP theme song as an MP3? I'll proceed all of my writing for the rest of my Saturdays. with." Now, what does that music trigger in people? I wonder, because it triggers me. I can tell you that. It does. <laughs> I, yeah. I know exactly what he's saying. 
when I wrote that piece of music years ago, actually, it wasn't, for, it actually wasn't for the podcast. It was for a massive gig that we were doing. Um, I wrote that piece of music because it was the final piece of music in a set that we did. And I wanted it to be hugely uplifting and empowering. And I wanted people to walk out of that building like on the cloud, really like, yes, come on, we take on the world. And that's why when we were looking for a bit of music for the podcast, I went straight to that bit of music because I've never actually released it. And I thought, you know, that could work. But I've got to say, Mark, every time I hear it, it does, it gives me that kind of like, it's almost like the, the, the beginning of like a, a gladiatorial kind of, come on, let's do this. So yeah, if people want the, did yeah. we put the full version on it? On one of the, we put the full version on it because it's like, we it's did, like a you know what? We, have, we, we haven't done it for a while. So maybe we could put it at the end of the, if we ask Dave and JD nicely, they can put it at the end of, put it end end of, of this. Because I'll well, tell you what, folks, the bit that you hear at the beginning of the show is the exception. The rest of it's so quite trippy, isn't it, Mr. D? It's a bit <laughs> Bill, yeah, it's bill. A little bit, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit it's of a build weird stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, even even that last bit that we play at the beginning of the podcast, I think that's enough to get me kind of like fired up and ready to go. So, but you know, anything, anything. I mean, we talked about um, there's a lot of other great music out there. Two Steps from Hell has very triumphant kind of that Hollywood big blockbuster yeah. kind of feel and stuff like that uh, you know anything I mean, like that. I, find your piece of music if you don't have a piece of music you have to find it you have to go for it that's to be one of your goals i can't i can't write to music anymore but i do still have certain songs that if i'm trying to generate ideas i might i might put it on uh sage does again me and sage we're like that we're like that we are uh sage just uses the tide app for focus she uses a storm sound case for writing muse for other productivity and ocean for relaxing and meditation 25 minutes at a time i tend to use more ambient sounds like forest noise is rain thunder and lightning stuff like that obviously you can't hear lightning don't write and at me um neil says yeah i make my coffee and write it's it's my me time which is excellent uh and says leaving off your previous session with an unfinished sentence is one i try to do and i do that too don't always manage it uh, i think it comes from ray bradbury but it really does work and it, it really really does um julian bass says the market music now triggers flashbacks to mr d talking about foreplay um listen right there <laughs> It's something. You could at least buy me a drink first. Um, <laughs> I know it's powerful, isn't it? It's just crazy stuff. Maybe, maybe I've been hypnotizing you all these three years. Maybe, maybe that's what's been going on here. I once, in, I once did an interview. That would explain um, so it, much. It would explain a lot, wouldn't it? I did an interview with um, who was the lady Anne Diamond. Do you remember Anne Diamond? She was on the. I do. Yeah, breakfast show. ITV breakfast show years ago, years ago. And I was doing an interview with her on BBC. And at the end of the interview, after I'd gone off, she said, Ooh, here's a very hypnotic voice. I wonder if he's been hypnotizing me. Ever since then, I thought, Oh, there's a great idea for a story. Someone that goes and hypnotizes the world on, on interviews. But I think hypnotize and diamond. There's a headline for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Could you imagine? But, um, yeah, Sage she struggles to find music that fits the stories I write. Now, this is interesting. The vast majority of writing music seems to be epic fantasy or action stuff. Very true, very true. Mm. And that's not I write at all, hence the soundscapes. So again, yeah. going back to it, one size doesn't fit all. Um, but honestly, if, you're writing an, if you are writing an epic battle scene, if you if you get some of that Hollywood music like Two Steps from Hell, oh my gosh, it makes everything ten times bigger that you write. You really kind of feel like you're the kind of the hero in that journey. And um, it's, but it's not, it's, it's not romance music though, is it? No. But what would be? I wonder. You know what would be fun? We should have a vote. We should have a vote one day. Um, the most popular music by genre. Like if you're writing horror, what's the number one most listened to piece of music? If you're writing romance, what's the number uh, one most? That would be cool. I've never seen. Has anyone ever seen that before? Ask the studio audience. Has anyone ever seen a list of I've the got, most popular music for genre? I've got a good horror list. Let me bring it up on my playlist. You, you lot talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, Andy, Andy and Rachel say Barbie Girl by Aqua. Um, <laughs> that would probably drive most people to to want to write horror. Um, yeah, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer's a big one. Uh, Hans Zimmer, for people who don't know, he wrote the Lion King music, Pirates of the Caribbean. He's the most um, uh, prolific writer out there. 
these days he probably does the 20 films a year or something he has a team mind that's how he does it yes that's true um, yeah mark corvin's score for the witch if you're writing horror is absolutely amazing goblin's opening score for suspiria superb absolutely superb i find uh, mozart's requiem is actually pretty good for that as well and mm. a bit of bizet too like a bit of bizet what else have i got on the horror list i've got a couple of horror lists there's one for a specific project like i say i i can't write them anymore but i have them if i'm trying to generate ideas i find it really helpful trying to generate ideas midsummer the recent horror movie that came out this summer, Midsummer, which is just one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Bobby Kurlick, I believe he's Nordic. The score for Midsummer will give you nightmares. I can absolutely guarantee that. So, so yeah, my top tips, folks. That's brilliant. Did you have any other writing lists with different types of projects, Mark, or just the horror one? I've got loads. I've got I've got absolutely tons, but I can't. I, I, can't, I just can't write. So I had a massive one for The End of Magic. I got one for Woodville, which is quite short. There's another horror project that I've been working on, which has um, Johnny Greenwood's music for There Will Be Blood, which is quite off-key. Michael Kamen's score for The Dead Zone. That's pretty cool as well. Johan Johansson's score for Arrival is just incredible. And sadly, he died very young. That's an extraordinary score. If you're doing science fiction, then Harry Gregson's Williams scores for The Martian is really, really good as well. And you can't beat a bit of Jean-Michel Jarre either. And actually, I'll tell you what, one really nice one, it, the BBC, you know, BBC Nature Programs, uh, mm. a lot of them, a couple of them are done by Hans Zimmer. Really yeah. nice scores. Because one of the problem I have with soundtracks, I know we're going completely off topic here. But if, I, if I listen to a Star Wars soundtrack, I associate with certain moments in Star Wars. I can't write to that at all, at all, because it just... Oh, it interesting. Like it's something that is cinematic, like the BBC scores for nature shows, but you have no association with them. It's just it's superb. Mm. It's really, really superb. Stephen Neal said, Hans Zimmer's Inception, Man of Steel. Man of Skit Steel was the temp score on Robot Overlords, and we got quite attached to that. But that's, that said, Christian Henson's score for Robot Overlords is fantastic. I also, I'm going to throw it out there, but I also think that if you are writing a book that you one day envisage becoming a movie or a Netflix series, I think it's quite good to have a similar kind of soundtrack to something that your book may become on TV and film, because I think that will actually kind of elevate the, your writing to that kind of level of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So don't underestimate the power of music. There's a lot going on in music as well that people don't fully understand in terms of how it, how it shifts our emotions and moods. So definitely something to explore. Before we finish up today, Mark, there's one very important point that somebody asked, which was around whether the the BXP 2020 challenge is open to just people that are part of the Patreon oh. group. And it's not. It's open for anyone. No. It's, the, it's Anyone the, and everyone. We want to get the world writing. So it's like any anybody that wants to take part can sign up. So please do spread the word um, to bxp2020.com. The other thing that's come up as well is about how you – um, actually report your word count. We're going to make this really simple. We've been looking at, I've, I've honestly been up and down, up and down the houses with this technically trying to find something that works really well, but it, it gets horrendously complicated as you can imagine. So what we're going to do is we, we're going to encourage people to use a, a spreadsheet to, to track their own word count and then report that. And there's been a lot of debate about, oh, do I have to report it daily? Do I have to report it weekly? What we're going to do is we're going to give you the option. Okay, again, one size doesn't fit all. So we, I would have loved, if I was a real hard nut of a coach, I would have said, right, it's, it's daily. And if you don't do it by midnight, then you've missed that day's word count. But I also recognize that it's about getting people to write first and foremost, and then report secondly. You do need to report because that goes towards the community total, which is what we're trying to show people about how many people are actually taking part, how many words are actually getting written around this community project. But we're going to give you the option if you want to just do it in uh, weekly because we recognize some people technologically aren't available to be able to put their word count in every day. So it'll be a, a very simple form that you go on. But we'll also be providing you with a template of a, of a spreadsheet that you can also use. So if you haven't got something yet, I know a lot of people do actually, which is great to have read. We, we put this question out on the BXP team. A lot of people have their own way of tracking. But if you haven't tracked, this will be a really interesting experiment for yourself because I think, what do they say? Something about unless it's measured, you don't have an idea what's going on. And everyone's worst guess at how many words they actually write is usually way, way lower 
than what they are actually doing. So celebrate the fact that you're going to be seeing a lot more than you actually think you're doing. So tracking it is actually a very important part of the experiment as well. You're not talking about foreplay again, are you? No, not at all. No. (laughs) (laughs) But we've got a few weeks left. So everyone who's signed up, we've got your email addresses and we're going to be sending you everything via email. So, you know, don't worry if you haven't heard anything yet. You'll be getting some bits and pieces via email in the build up to the first. But Mark, 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 if I haven't signed up, where do I go to sign up? Where? Where? If you haven't signed up, you simply go to bxp2020.com. It's that easy. It's that easy. Or you can go to the Bestseller Experiment website as well, and you'll find it there. But bxp2020.com, simple URL that we've set up. And um, it's going to be a big year, I think, this year, this next year, Mark. I think 2020, we've said this before, is 2020 vision. 2020 vision is when you have perfect vision. And I think so many of us struggle with finding our place in the writing world. Like, what are we meant to be writing? How do we write? How do we actually get the words down? And we're hoping that this project will be the start of that journey. And really, ultimately, ultimately for us, if you get to the end of 2020 and you drop us an email or write to us and say, 2020 was my most successful writing year ever, my best writing year ever, whatever that means to you, doesn't mean you've got a massive book deal, but you you wrote then this project will have been a success. If one person tells us that this project will be a success, but we're thinking there might be a few more than one. <laughs> I think I think already we're seeing some big success stories. Folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review, on, uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts. That makes a big difference there. Thanks to Dave and JD, our editors, and thanks to all of you, our patrons, for uh, joining us, uh, for supporting us. We've got a really long – I think we'll do that on the next episode. We've got a really long list of new patrons, uh, which has just been amazing. So I think this might be the BXP 2020 effect kicking in there as well. Um, come and join us on social media. We're on Facebook, Bestseller Experiment, Twitter and Instagram at Bestseller XP. And we also have pretty pictures on Pinterest too. And if you want to follow the progress of the 2020 challenge on uh, social media, you just check out the hashtag, which is hashtag BXP 2020. You've already seen quite a few people using that, which is just fantastic. Brilliant stuff. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. You can get loads of loads of extra goodies, including being part of these monthly live audiences. And we thank everyone for coming today in the audience. And um, I think as we as we draw towards the end of this year, I want to wish everyone a uh, a kind of a peaceful run into Christmas this year, because I think we end up doing so many crazy things. If you can keep your word count going, good on you. And I'd like to leave everyone with two challenges. As a warm-up for the BXP 2020 Challenge, if you haven't signed up, go sign up now. If you have signed up, or once you've signed up, tell a friend or 10. And the second challenge I've got is try for one week between now and the end of the year, try for one week if you can do 200 words a day. So start to get into the rhythm of what it what is what does that look like for you? Is it is it fifteen minutes? Is it half an hour? Is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? Is it a pad by the side of the car? Tell us how you are getting your two hundred words in a day because we want you to inspire everyone else listening. Because there are a million and one different ways to do this and we want to talk about how you're making it happen. So do the experiment and we'll mention it in a podcast or two about how you're getting on. Um, but thank you everyone for joining us and Mark it's been an absolute pleasure as always I look forward to being back same time next week and it's a goodbye from Mark 1 and a goodbye from Mark 2 goodbye and we we go out with with the banging tune the best sell experiment theme hit it Mr Music this is our house
Peter. House. Peter. House. Peter. Oh.